I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Kelvin Coleman, Executive Director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance, about the emergence of new scams and cybercrimes involving COVID-19 vaccines and related issues. So Kelvin, it hasn't been easy, but thankfully vaccination rates are climbing. But with that said, what are some of the latest vaccine-related cyber threats and scams that you're most concerned about and why? While some people, uh, they want sort of new exotic ways that bad actors are trying to uh, compromise people or compromise their accounts or information, phishing is still the number one thing bad actors are using these days as it relates to COVID, right? And even still trying to get people to click on malware that they send through a link. And so phishing is still a a big one. Obviously, fraudulent websites, uh, we're seeing a proliferation of that these days through some of our partners at the National Cybersecurity Alliance, some of our board member companies are seeing a significant increase in fraudulent websites where bad actors are asking for personally identifiable information as well as financial information. And there's just not any legitimate a credible government or otherwise websites that will ever ask you for that stuff, right? To get a vaccine because of course it's no charge. And so I think phishing, fraudulent websites, and finally just what we now call good old fashioned social media mining, where uh, they're going through social media sites and putting out fraudulent information, either call this number or go to this website to get more information. And of course, once you get there, they're asking for, again, personally identifiable information and or financial information that they can uh, steal from uh, unsuspecting people. So, Marianne, what we're seeing is just some of the same old tricks, except they're just using COVID as the uh, bait this time. So, Kelvin, with that said, you mentioned phishing. What about spear phishing and other cyber attacks targeting the COVID-19 vaccine supply chain? Any observations about these trends or suggestions for the organizations that could be targeted or or are being targeted for that matter? You're exactly right there, Marianne. We are seeing an uptick in spear phishing as well as well phishing right? Going after the really big VIPs of some of these companies. And oftentimes in that particular case, you're not looking at a a lone individual who's just trying to get more information or personal identifiable information. You may be looking at a a nation state or a nation state sponsored organization who's trying to perhaps go to shortcut of of getting the vaccine. And so, yeah, we have seen an uptick in that. Now, of course, the spear phishing and, and well phishing uh, was here long before uh, COVID-19, and it's going to be here long after we deal with COVID-19. I, I think what I try to let people know is that the bad actors, they just use different bait for you know what they're trying to put out, right? And in this particular case, is COVID-19. In other cases, it may be a, a hurricane that devastated the southeast of the United States. It may be a tornado that they use as an excuse uh, that devastated the Midwest. It could actually be your favorite professional team or college team winning the championship, right? They, they will use whatever bait they can to lure people into their fraudulent schemes. And so we have seen, though, to your point, an uptick in spear as well as well phishing. 
So, Kelvin, what can healthcare sector entities do to better prevent falling victim to these cyber scams, these attacks, phishing? I know awareness is important, but any other steps that the more sophisticated entities might consider taking that perhaps are being overlooked? It's interesting, Marianne, because as complex and as high tech as some of the methodologies are that we hear about that nation states are using or APT groups are using, like password spraying or brute force login attempts. Some of these things can be mitigated or deterred by rather low-tech countermeasures. Uh, For example, ensuring that your organization, healthcare or otherwise, keep all sensitive material password protected and encrypted, right? And and password protected using a combination of alphanumeric passwords. Um, So password spraying, for example, relies on being able to crack an account by spamming the same password to multiple accounts, right, within an organization. And what that does is exploit any individual using these known weak passwords or all too common passwords. And we know research facilities, for example, need to make sure that personnel are trained not only in healthcare and these other things that they're doing, but they need to be trained in proper account management and protection protocol. So simple housekeeping items like multi-factor authentication, alphanumeric passphrases, updating firewalls and antivirus, along with you know just a basic level of encryption can go a long way in deterring these attacks. And, and finally, I'll say, Mary, you know, will they be 100% effective in terms of these things I mentioned? No, but adding more obstacles in a bad actor's path can absolutely discourage them from attacking you. So Kelvin, what other emerging cyber trends are you seeing lately with the pandemic and any predictions about post-pandemic sorts of cyber issues that we might face? So what we're seeing is an uptick with the APT groups being, they were already significantly dangerous, but they are really upping their game these days. And I think SolarWinds was an example of that. Just an extraordinarily sophisticated, very patient attack that we saw there. What we are going to continue to see is these groups operating in a way meant to cause destruction, again, not only to healthcare infrastructures, but to government networks, manufacturers, pharma. We're going to continue to see groups like uh, zinc or, or you know, strontium. They're launching attacks for several different reasons. But at the end of the day, they're looking to disrupt, dismantle, or otherwise destroy what others have built up. And they're looking to steal information, right? R&D, research and development information. They're looking, looking to muddle the path for cures. Uh, and, and so, and, and some actually just simple cash grab, right? You know, good old fashioned ransomware. But I think that's what we're seeing now. And we're certainly going to continue to uh, see that in the future. And, and the last thing I'll say there, Marianne, is that We know that we're going to see an increase of that because our digital lives, it's increasing every day. Uh, You think about five years ago, we had 15 billion connected devices, right? And today we have about 20 billion connected devices around the world. Uh, In the next five years, that same time period, going to be over 60 billion connected devices. That's a 300% increase from today. So our digital lives only going to grow and the bad actors, they're going to try to take advantage of it every single time. And finally, Kelvin, what are the most important cybersecurity lessons that you think have 
have emerged since the pandemic started? Anything new, anything that's kind of risen to the top in terms of being critical, in terms of lessons to learn from this whole episode that we've gone through? Absolutely. What's new is what's actually old. And what I mean by that is people, right? The human element of this has come to the top again. As we look at the technology revolution, you know, it started with great products, right? If you think about it and, and you know, we, we were enamored by these products and, and certainly using products to protect our system. Well, the bad actors started to get really smart and, and start to go around some of those products. And, and we still have great products out there today, but bad actors, you know, they decided that they would not move away from products and largely attack processes, right? And so once we sort of caught up with that one as well, the bad actors and cyber malicious actors, they started attacking people. And I think we are now the good guys now are coming around to the fact, when I talk government, private sector, that uh, we really need to invest in people more, training, awareness, you know, certainly education to make sure they understand that when, when you get a, a link from an unknown person and you're not quite sure you know, who it is or what this is, probably not a good link for you to click on. And I think training and awareness, things of that nature, as simple as that may sound, can save you a load of heartache as it relates to any particular issue. As we say, also prevention is worth a pound of cure. So the new thing that we're seeing is actually the old thing in that we really need to invest in people to help stop these successful attacks from happening. Thanks, Kelvin. I've been speaking to Kelvin Coleman. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.